Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message from Fire Church, Karim Downs. Praise God. Um, tonight, um, God is asking me to do um, something that is making me uncomfortable. Um, normally, you know, I like healing the sick, words of knowledge, and it's almost become like a, like a safe space for me. And so tonight, I was going to just go, all right, so, uh, Sunday night, we're going to go for miracles. And God says, no, I want you to teach on prophecy, especially on how to receive prophecy, on how to test prophecies, and then you're going to give prophecies. Can you see the problem here? So God is saying, don't believe my word, test it. And then God says, give out words. And you're like, oh no. Anyway, it's funny to me. Praise God. Um, yeah, you know, when we have a church service, the salvation is actually the work of everyone from the car park to a smiling face in a, in a foyer to a clean church, to a friendly face in the, in the cafe, to the worship team. So it's everything to the sound desk, the unsung hero. Shout out to the sound desk, by the way, who started off. <laughs> who started off the broadcast with joining us for Pastor Alex Barsena's preaching. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I wish I was joking. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, if they're not there, you would know about it because I'd be screaming, right? So everything that happens here is a, is a teamwork and, you know, you know, when we lead someone to the Lord, we can say, hey, you know, the preacher did it all, but chances are, how did that person get here? There's someone in a congregation that's been inviting, that's been sharing the gospel, has been praying, you know, and, and it's a teamwork. So we need more people just joining in. We are a church that, um, we don't believe in spectators. We believe that everyone who is up here is sent to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Are you with me? You know who the saints are? You are. You're the saints. So the saints are equipped for the saints to do the work of the ministry. We are the equippers. Amen? And we equip because those things that we teach hopefully are active and alive inside our hearts. Praise God. So today, all right, let's open up in prayer. Stretch forth your hand to me. Dear Jesus, help me. Speak through me, Lord. Glorify your name. Let people see you, God. Let people encounter you. Let people draw closer to you. Help us, God to become the gold, silver, precious stone church, Lord. Not a wood, hay, stubble church. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, the first text is 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 19 to 22. Woo. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. 
abstain from every form of evil. The fact that the Bible, oh, by the way, before I forget, Pastor Jess and Pastor Alex during ministry time, it's like um, I would love for you guys to join me and, and give prophetic words if you get any later on. So the Bible says, do not despise prophecies. If the Bible tells us, do not despise prophecies, I think there might be a reason to despise prophecies, isn't it? For those of you who are, who are new, prophecies are divinely inspired utterances by God. And in the Old Testament, God really, um, really forced, sort of like becomes really strong upon people. And he says one of the tests of whether a person is a prophet or not is whether their words come to pass. And if their word doesn't come to pass, let's kill them, stone them to death. So it's a little bit extreme in the New Testament because in the Old Testament, only select people have the Holy Spirit and can move in supernatural power. But in the New Testament, who has the Holy Spirit? Every single believer. If you ask Jesus into your heart, God will release the, another comforter in the Gospel of John. He says, you know, thank God that, that I'll go away because when I go away, I'll send you another comforter. The word there is another one of the same kind. Same as me, same substance. We believe in the Trinity, three persons, one essence. So God is saying there is another one just like me who's gonna come down. He'll be in you and with you. He is the spirit of truth. And so that's what happened. So if you don't have the spirit of God or the spirit of truth, we're gonna give an invitation later on where you can say, hey, Jesus, I want you to fill me. I want you to consume me and I want you to take over. Amen? It says, do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. The role of the New Testament prophet is to equip the whole body of Christ in hearing from God so that everyone can hear from God and speak on the behalf of God. So here's the thing. And, and uh, you know, when we are born again, you know when you are born, right? You're a baby. You know when you're born, you're not a full-grown person? Not? Yep. So when we are born, we're a baby. Baby can't do anything, right? And then we grow up. We become, we start to mature. Then we hit the teenage years where physically, we can, we, physically it's like an adult, but mentally we're not really. Sorry to all the teenagers in the house. But it's true, you know, it's like, it says, the, the male brain doesn't fully develop till they're about 25, 27. Something like that. So the same way with, our, with a spiritual person, when we are born again, we are a spiritual baby. The, the Bible actually has about, whatever way you call it, there's about five or seven words to describe uh, the spiritual person. One is uh, brephos, which is a newly born. Then you get a napion. Guess what that is? Nappies. Then you get paideon. You get technion. Then you got huios. Um, then you get pater, which is father. So you grow from, from baby to nappy to young child to a disciple to a young man to a father. Are you with me? So we grow up into Him. Yeah? So as we grow up, we're not going to get everything correct. So it's about training. It's about discipling. And so in a process of learning and growing, 
some of us make mistakes. Say amen. So, how to test prophecies? Can you bring up 2 Peter 1, verse 19 to 21, please? And he says, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in all time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. I'll read it to you from New Living Translation. Because of that experience, we have an even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must also pay close attention to what they wrote, for their words are like lamps shining in a dark place until the day dawns, and Christ the morning star shines in your hearts. Above all, you must realise that no prophecy in Scripture ever came by the prophets on understanding or from human initiative. No, these prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. All scriptures were once upon a time prophetic utterances. The Bible says to test all prophecies. So when someone gives you a prophetic word, the Bible actually says we need to test the word. Are you following me? I know that we, uh, we try to be honouring and we say hallelujah, amen, but actually, actually in, in a biblical sense, that's not how we receive prophecy. Even in Corinthians, it says one prophet speaks, let the other judge. That's in 1 Corinthians. So because the Bible started off, all started off as, a, as prophecy, this is actually a prophetic word that we don't need to test because it's in the Bible, it has been tested. How the Bible came about is like during the days or when they were written, there were other eyewitnesses of Jesus that can actually testify whether something is true or not. Like the first gospel that was written was the gospel of Mark. Mark was the cousin of, of Peter. So if that wasn't a part of the gospel, the other people can, can, around him can say, hey, we don't know who you are, your account is off. And everyone can just tear the book up. Are you with me? So Mark, so there's people, so that's one of the, the ways we know that something is of God. Something is of the Holy Spirit. It's because there are eyewitness account of, of where these books are and who these people are. Amen? So when we place our faith in the things that's written here, the Bible says, God says, everything in here is yes and amen. Like for example, like God can tell someone it's like God is calling you to preach the gospel, heal the sick, and cast the devils. But the Bible already tells you that. You don't need someone to prophesy you're going to heal the sick, cast the devil, and speak in tongues, because the Bible tells you to preach the gospel, heal the sick, and cast out demons. Are you with me? In the past, when I first became a pastor, I used to run from prophets to prophets to conference to conference, trying to get a prophetic word. It actually got me into a lot of trouble because it just opens me up to manipulation. There's people with impure motive. There's people that are broken. There's people that are hurting. That, that, you know, they see that by prophesying, they can gain the upper hand. 
And so it got me into a lot of conflict, into a lot of problems. And God finally rebuked me where he says, you can actually just place your faith in the written word and he's already believing the word, believing in the prophetic word. Some people only trigger their faith when they receive a prophetic word from out the front and not by reading the book. If it's written in here, you don't really need a prophetic word. The word prophecy in the New Testament actually means to encourage, to edify, encourage and comfort. Sometimes God is trying to encourage us because we're like, let's say, you know, you've been like trying to pray for the sick and you, you pray for like, you know, 20 people and none get, none get healed. God can encourage you. Are you with me? So, place your trust in Scriptures because believing in Scriptures is believing in prophecies. And, and the Word of God is the more sure words of prophecy. It has been tested. You don't need to test it again. Like when it says God loves you, you can apply your faith to that. It's like, thank you, God, that you love me. You don't need a prophetic words. Are you with me? Next point. How to test prophetic words. Have a proven and tested ability to hear God for yourself. It's like, that doesn't solve, uh, that doesn't help you. How to test the prophetic words. Know what God is saying to you. When I tell you my journey of, of coming, I was pastoring a church in Geelong. And around about the start of, towards the end of 2018, um, the start of 2019, I had an identity crisis. I just woke up one day and something didn't feel right. It felt like, I don't know, it's like, I don't know what calling I am. I don't know what office I'm meant to be. And I started bringing up some prophetic people. I rang some friends, uh, some pastor friends. And I said, can you please tell me what you think I am? Can you please pray for me? And none of them would, would, uh, would actually say the word. And then during that time, I'll we'll open up everything. And then during that time, God has been speaking to me about dying for Geelong. He's been saying, will you die for Geelong? Will you give your life for Geelong? God then repeatedly, in another way, say, if this is all there is to it, will you still serve me? And so answering the call of God, uh, we went and bought a house in Karayo. Do you know, anyone knows Geelong? Karayo is not a, it's not, it's not the friendliest or the safest place. It's a bit like the Pines in Frankston. Do you know that buying a house in the Pines is not exactly the best financial decision? Do you know that? When I first moved uh, to Geelong, I hear stories of, like, you know, this man was woken up by noises in his backyard, so he went out to check it out, and he found a lady with a samurai sword. You're like, what? Yeah, so the lady started chasing him and tried to chop him up. That's Karayo. And so with a family, I was thinking, all right, God told me to, you know, to die for Geelong. I bought a house in Karayo, and so I was going to get myself a Rottweiler. Because if some crazy lady with a samurai sword was going to jump over the fence, 
she's going to have to wrestle my dog first. Anyway, man, it's like, you have to be there to understand. No, seriously, there's just strange people there. So after about a month after I, I got the house, we were, Justina wanted to get a, was it, um, a chicken pen. And so I was thinking about where to put the chicken pen, where can I put the dog house. And then this loud thought came to my head. It says, don't get too comfortable. You're not staying here forever. And I'm like, are you kidding me? It's like we just bought a house for like a, like a month. And I'm like, oh, no. So I walked around, and then I went to Justina. I said, strangest thing just happened. I think God just says, don't get too comfortable. You're not staying here. We just bought a house one month. Then Justina says, I think you're right. Then later on, I spoke to Pastor Alex, and he says, about a month before all of that happened, he actually knew that I was going to move back to Melbourne. Are you with me? God will speak by two or three witnesses. You know, even this morning, Pastor Alex was, was sharing about how, you know, God gave Pastor Jess uh, an open-eyed vision about moving to fire church. She thought nothing of it. Then God spoke to Pastor Alex and gave him this out-of-body experience, took him up and then placed him in fire church. And then after that, they were both in unison. So God will confirm his words, Okay. Okay, let's, let's do the scripture. Acts chapter 9, verse 10 to 12. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him the Lord says in a vision, Ananias, then he says, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for one called the Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in the vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. As you can see, there are many, this is a, an example, but there's many examples of God speaking in the New Testament. You know that we always say that Christianity is a relationship, not a religion, right? If we can't hear God, if we can't see God, if we can't feel God, if we can't experience God, how can that be a relationship? Can I get this, the sound desk to just slightly turn up the light, please? Just slightly, so I can start seeing the people. <laughs> you guys are in the dark. The light on the congregation, not on me. This is blinding me more. Yes. Amen. Okay. Nice, 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 nice. If we can't hear God, if we can't see God, if we can't experience God, then what we have is a theology of relationship and not an actual relationship. Thank you for that golf club. Around towards the end of 2018, I, I came across this book. It's called Four Keys to Hearing God by Mark and Patty Verkler. 
Um, I took the church in Geelong on a, on a journey of, of going through this book, and every single person who read this book and did everything that is asked entered into a relationship with God with seeing, like hearing God consistently, seeing God. And I've actually referred it to the, to the women's group, and they've entered into it. Uh, you know, all the people that, that, that just did this book, read it and then do it, enters into that relationship. They, you'll find that God has been speaking to you all along. Like, that's what happened to me. It's like, I realized, oh my goodness, He's been speaking to me. But the problem was I doubt myself so much that I cut myself off. And so this book gives you a way and it gives you all the exercises to hear Him correctly. And it gives you a way to practice. You practice by hearing God for yourself, not for other people. And then He has checks and balances. Are you with me? So if you want to know how to, how to hear God, start, get this book and then do it. There's enough people in this church that have, that have gone through this book to be able to help you. It, it recommends you of getting mentors and, and I think the men's group is starting to do it as well. So couldn't uh, recommend it more. Okay? Now a disclaimer. Oh, before, before we move on. Also recently... Um, when I move here, I can, like God told me what my mission was. God told me what was going to happen. God gave me even some timetable of, of the, the events. And so at one stage, there was a young man, very prophetic, very, very, very gifted, very accurate most of the time. But then he, he gave me a word about, Lee, God is calling you into an itinerant ministry. It's time to step out of the boat. It's time to go out. It's time to leave. But then... God has said my mission for this season like about nine times. So I've got about nine words about what I'm supposed to be doing, been confirmed, and everything else come to pass. So that when he gave me that word, I knew that it wasn't the, the, the right word. Are you following me? It doesn't make him a false prophet. It just, it just means he just made a mistake. Are you with me? Because... It says, let's go to 1 Corinthians 13, verse 9. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. I'm going to read to you from New Living Translation. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 9. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. It means that we need to be humble and we need to even have a way to check the words that we get for ourselves. Have you met those people that are just like God says, like everything's just God says. God says, God says, God says, God, God says this, God says that. Do you know those people? Not many hands going up. We are not always 100% correct. Because I go out into the street and evangelize, I get reminded of this fact like a lot. I step out and I try to do things. Like yesterday we went out, um, stepped out three times. Luckily I got the, you know, praise God, I got three words correct. First one was I was walking past this lady and, and then God just says, pray for her knees. So I turned around and I said, hey, excuse me, ma'am. I know it's really weird that I turned back, but I really uh, felt that, like, you know, like, you know 
I should pray for your knee. Do you have a problem with your knee at all? And she goes, yes, I do. And then we got talking. She's from Nauru. So I prayed for her. She felt a lot better. And so but she's already a believer. She's visiting um, Frankston, actually, visiting her relatives. So that was really good. Then I tried to find the team, and I felt, I saw this man. I felt like um, he had a problem with his hip. Then he got up and moved, and fair enough, he was limping. But then he told me to get lost. And then the third one was we spoke to this homeless person, and as we were talking, I just felt like he had a problem with his right shoulder from sleeping the wrong way, and he's got and the problem was like around his neck as well. And I said that. It's like, do you have a problem with your shoulder? And it's like, it goes to your neck. He goes, yeah, I do. It's because I've been sleeping the wrong way. So praise God, it was three out of three. But there's times where I miss it. You know, like the other day, I was looking for some guy named Greg. Couldn't find Greg. Uh, apparently, he's some drug addict. So the point is, if you step out enough, you will know that you're not 100%. Hello? You're all quiet here. So when we even get a word for ourselves, we need to have a way of testing it. Now, this is a, a real true story. I know a young, a young man, he was, um, he was learning how to hear God. He had a dream that he saw this general of the faith wearing an army fatigue and then saw a bear in, a, in an army fatigue as well and then, and then a map of Africa. And so I hear this, this vision, and I'm thinking, I'm confused because that was really blurry. Like, it's like, oh, it's like what, does that, what does that even mean? And then based upon that, that dream, he was going to uproot his family and move to Africa because of that. Cut a long story short, um, his wife doesn't think that's a good idea, and they just started getting into this massive conflict. But the point is, the greater the consequence of your action, the more confirmation you need to, to press God for. Let's move to the next point. Whew. Almost the end already, is it? Daniel's 10, verse 12. If you are unsure, pray into it like the prophet Daniel. Then it says, Then he, an angel, <clears throat> said to me, Daniel, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God. Your words were heard and I have come because of your words. So in Daniel chapter 9, Daniel was given a vision and from chapter 7 to chapter 12 is basically a series of visions and Daniel praying into the vision to get an understanding. So in chapter 7, he saw a statue and then he prayed into it trying to get an understanding and God showed him the future. Then he pr- but there's portions of that vision that confuses him. <clears throat> so he prayed into it. And this went on until chapter 10 where it says, Daniel was praying and fasting to understand something. The bigger the decision, the bigger the consequences, the slower you must make it. If I'm practicing words of knowledge like healing of the sick, like if I go, hey, uh, do you have a sore back? And you go, no, you're not going to die. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like I made a mistake, but it's, there's no real consequence. But when, we, but when there's greater consequences, we must slow it down and we must 
test the word. Like, that's why even in Bethel, there's a, they've, they've made some rules. Like, <clears throat> don't give words about marriages. Don't give words about pregnancy. Don't give direction um, and something else. I can't remember. But, but each of those things is because if you get it wrong, you can really ruin someone's life. I've got a friend from Malaysia. Um, you know, he got prophesied that so-and-so was going to be his wife. Anyway, within about a year, the marriage broke down. And in Malaysia, they're very strict. So if you divorce, you actually, your, your pastor's credential is just gets torn up. It's like they don't, they don't even want to hear it. So he lost his church and just fell into this massive depression. And he actually was only recovered when, when he came to our church. But it was like 10 years. So you do not want to be responsible for destroying someone's lives. Because we see in part and we prophesy in part. We grow up into Him. While we are practicing, don't practice on things that can kill people. A well-known prophet actually prophesied about, over me and Justina that we were going to have a child. That pregnancy ended in a miscarriage by a world-class prophet. It shook Justina up. And at that moment, I realised, ah, this is why you don't prophesy pregnancies over people. I'm not saying you can't. I'm saying you better be right. I'm saying that if you're going to practise, practise on people's favourite colour, not on things that can set people back 20, 30, 40 years. Are you with me? The greater the consequence, the more confirmation you need. Yep. You practise on things that doesn't hurt people. Excuse me, your favourite colour is red. Nope. Okay. Yeah. Excuse me, do you have a sore ankle? Nope. Oh, okay. Do you have a sore knee? Nope. So back? Uh, so head? Uh. Next point. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 1. Pray and ask God to confirm it without telling anyone what you are doing. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 1. This will be the third time I am coming to you by the mouth of two or three witnesses. Every word shall be established. God doesn't mind us pressing Him for confirmation, not because of unbelief, but because we don't want to make mistakes. Back in Geelong, I learned this the hard way. I had to make a decision. Let's say it was, I think it was about moving church or staying. There were people that want us to stay and there was people that would want us to move location. If we move location, certain groups are going to leave. If I stay, certain people are going to leave. Yay, right? And so I had to pray because how do you make a decision between two wrong things, between two bad, like bad options? Well, I'll just have to follow. In that case, I just have to follow God. And if they want to leave, they leave. So I had to pray and pray and pray and pray until I hit this point where back then I was, haven't come across this book. So I just prayed in tongues hours until, like, you know, as long as I was uncertain, I wouldn't make a move. So I just kept praying, kept praying, kept praying until one day it was just this knowing, I know that I know that I know that I know. There was no angels, there was no vision. It was just 
like just knowing I entered into eternity, could I just press into it? So that's another way of knowing. And some people can say, well, ask for the peace of God. You can't feel the peace of God if you're just wrecked in fear. Sometimes there's battles that are so fierce and the two options are equally bad that you can't feel the peace of God. Has anyone been there? You know, like when you just come to this decision, it's like bad option one, bad option two. And you're like, not making a move is bad option three. So you're like, well, stuff this. Like, you know, God, what do you think? And then you just, once you hear God, you just go, well, there's nothing else I can do, right? And I'm still alive to this day. Point, the next point. If you are unsure, ask a pastor who has time or a trusted mentor for wisdom. If you are unsure, ask someone who has a proven track record of hearing God. If you can't hear God and you ask someone that can't hear God, well, you're going to end up in a bad place because you're going to get the opinion of people. Are you with me? Even accurate, I've actually given bad advice as well because I didn't pray about it. Someone asked me about something prophetic and then I just shoot off the hip. like a And I realised, it's like, probably that wasn't right. They need to go away and pray about it as well. A good example of this is when I was um, trying to get married. I think you heard the story. Like, you know, my mum was pushing me to get married. She's like, hurry up and get married and I'm getting old. And then, so I'm like, all right, fine. Because I'm trying to just be single-minded for God. So I saw a, a lovely young lady and then I went away to my mom and I said, Mom, pray about this name. So she's never met this lady. So she came back the next week. Snakes, snakes. I see snakes. I had a dream. It was snakes everywhere. <laughs> so she said, I see snakes in a dream. Big fat snakes. It's not a good sign. Oh, this is my first ever experience with this. When I first uh, became a, a young Christian, met this lovely young lady, which I thought, oh yeah, she's pretty nice. And then I prayed about it. I just said, hey God, what do you think of this person? I kid you not. Immediately, the minute I closed my eyes, I saw a vision of a car going off a cliff. I didn't even ask for the meaning. I'm like, oh my goodness. Three months later, she was in a psych ward. Yeah. I had enough issues in my life that I'm not in a place to be able to look after someone. I need a wife that can support me and uplift me, not another patient. You know what I mean? Like her brokenness and my brokenness, we would just be too much. That whatever that thing is happening there is going to fail. Are you with me? So you do it before. You do it before you go out and you do it before you get married especially. Because <laughs> I've had a lot of people who've gotten married after everyone tell them not to, and then they get into trouble and then they ask for prayer and counseling after that, after everyone told them not to. You're all quiet. Yep. <clears throat> I, when I met Justina, I went to my mom, I told her, I went to Dan. 
And Dan was also pretty good. Every female that I said to him was like, nope, 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 nope. Then finally with Justina, his word was, she's the one. I was like, whoa, man. And then my mom as well, she's the one. I'm like, whoa, slow it down, guys. I've had one coffee with Justina. I met her, have coffee once. And God says, that's your wife. Took me two years to, because I had a lot of fears. It's like I kept getting this forever and ever, forever and ever, forever and ever. That's what I keep going. Oh my goodness. Because I've had just, have, I didn't have many long relationships before that. So it was, I was counting the costs. But finally I'm like, okay, forever and ever. So be it. And here I am. Hallelujah. This is not an exhaustive way of, um, of testing, but it should be helpful. If you want more guides, really recommend this book. There's enough people in this church that have gone through it that are able to mentor you, and I know that there's some sharp people around. And how do you know you should listen to someone's word? You've got to check their, their life as well. Are you with me? How do you know... Someone's a false prophet. He says, look at the fruit. Look at the tree. You know, a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A good tree cannot, will produce good fruit. Bad tree will produce bad fruit. So look at their fruit. Amen? So if there's a trail of destructions in their life, their, their life's out of order, then be careful of their words. <clears throat> I remember a long time ago, there was this traveling evangelist that got into a church. <clears throat> he was about a 50-50 prophet. What I mean by that was his words were 50% right and 50% wrong. And so that's actually really dangerous because, you know, when someone gets one out of 10 right, you can just dismiss their words usually is like when someone, when they give word, you're like, yeah, yeah whatever. But when it's 50-50, it's hard because you don't know whether to listen to it or not. Like with Pastor Alex and Pastor Jess, I've, like, you know, doing life with them, I've noticed that they're very accurate 99% of the time. And so when they say something prophetically, you can actually lean into it. If anything, even when they say something you don't agree with, you need to take it seriously because they have a track record of being accurate. Are you with me? So get this book, learn how to hear God. You'll find that God has been speaking to you all along. Amen? So before, can I get the, just the musician? Before we go on any further, um, i going to invite, get ready. I've got a couple of, I've asked a couple of people to just help me. Um, yeah. But before we go on, we cannot end this service without giving a, a chance for people to meet Jesus. Like what I said before, accepting Jesus is so much more than a ticket to heaven. It's actually about heaven coming into you. It's not about going to heaven and still 
acting like a devil, thinking like a devil. But God actually wants to come down. And in Romans 6, it says, we are co-crucified, we are co-buried, and we are co-resurrected. There is a change that happens. When you accept Jesus truly, and you turn around from looking at the world, and you look at Him, something amazing happens. It's called being born again. The flesh gives birth to flesh. The Spirit gives birth to Spirit. When you follow, when you turn around and follow Jesus, He fills you with His Spirit. He gives you a new nature. This is how you know you have the Spirit of God. Sin becomes unpleasant. But this is the thing. You also have to let go. You have to surrender the old person. You have to surrender the pain. You have to surrender the disappointments. You have to surrender all the wrongs that people have done to you so that you can embrace the new. You can't have the new creation if you keep hanging on to the old. You must let go of the old. You must give it all to God. Then at that moment, the more you let go, the more He will come. Because if you don't let go of the old, there's not much change. But the more you surrender, the more you will see this new creation. God loves you so much. He says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. This is the love of God, the cross. Right, we talk about love a lot. But He says, We are all once upon a time dead in our trespasses and sins. We are all selfish, self-seeking, selfish ambition. Me, me, me. You know that every evil is rooted in selfishness. It's like, I want what I need. I don't care about anyone else. So I just take their thing. That's what, stealing, theft, robbery. You know, I want to feel good. I don't care the consequences. This way, rape. And, you know, I feel hurt. I want to make myself feel better and get revenge. You get saved when you surrender the self. Are you with me? So God wants you to give up the self. There's a throne in our heart and God wants to sit in it. But to be truly saved, we need to vacate that space and allow God to sit in and yield to it. God is love, but friend, in the Scripture, He says, if you do not change, there's a day of judgment. It says there's wheat and tears. Tears looks like wheat. If you do not change in that day, there's a day of harvest where everything gets cut down. And if you're not the saint, the beloved saints of God, if you're not righteous, He will toss you into a lake of fire. The place that is reserved for the devil and his angels. But He died for you, so you don't have to go there. That's the whole point. Too often would you say, God is love, God is love, God is love. And then it's like there's no need to change. God loves you, but this is serious. Okay? So can I just get every head bowed, every eye closed. Are you right with God? Do you want to follow Him? In James, it says, the devil believes. It says, you believe in God? The devils believe in God and tremble. Do not have a demonic faith. 
that says, I believe in God, but I don't follow Him. If, I, if you are like that, you will not enter in. And it'll be a shame because Jesus has paid so much to get you back. So if you like to follow Jesus, follow Him, not just receive His benefits, lift up your hand. Thank you. Four, thank you. Five, thank you. Six, seven, God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Would you like to follow Jesus? You know, my only regret is I didn't follow Him sooner. People ask me, it's like, how old are you? I'm actually 45. I've got a son that's two years old. People go, why did you wait for so long? It's because the damage that I did to myself, it takes that long to fix my life. That cool testimony has a price tag and I pay for it. Are you with me? I wish I followed God when I was young. Silly me. So, but, but it's never too late. God can repair you. God can redeem you. Last chance. Anyone else that, have, that didn't lift their hand? Okay. Just repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for following my own ways. Today, I turn around and I will follow You. Thank You for making me brand new. Put Your nature inside of me. Fill me with Your Holy Spirit. Thank You so much for forgiving me and washing away my sins. Today, I am Your son. Today, I am Your daughter. I thank You, God. Why don't we give those people a round of applause? Before we go on, why don't you turn to your neighbour and it's like, I'm going to invite you to come forward because if we can't come forward and confess our, our faith publicly, then what chance do we have in, in the world? If you can't do it in the church, then you'll never do it outside. So would you be brave enough if you lift up your hands to come forward? We're going to pray for you. This mic and the team will, 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 will speak to you. We'll get your details. We'll pray for you. Why don't you turn to your neighbour and say, hey, would you like me to come with you to the front? Come forward, come to the altar. If you <laughs> do not be ashamed. Come on. Why don't we give a round of applause for these precious ones? Can I get the interns to help out as well, please? We're just going to pray for you and then Mike, just get their details as well. So um, Mike, is, I'll, I'll give it to you. Are you with me? Mike, take it away. Thank you. Can I invite Kirsten, please, come forward? Can I invite Pastor Alex and Jess, if you've got a word as well? Before we go on, um, Daniel Shorthouse, God bless you, brother. I actually... I saw this word, man. I saw this, a picture of this grape over you. And it reminded me of the story of the, the spies. You know, when they come into the promised land, it says the 10, the 10 spies says, there's giants in the land and we can't take it. But Joshua and Caleb says, 
these giants, they're like bread in our hand. And God is just calling you to be like Joshua and Caleb. There's giants in our lives, there's giants in your life, but God is saying that He believes in you. Remember the works of the Lord. You can conquer the promised land. Are you with me? So God bless you. Tara, before I actually saw a picture of, um, of you sitting down in this field of grass with, with a whole bunch of children. And like, and this is prior knowledge. Then it reminded me of like, I think you remember you, you, you said you got a calling to go somewhere. And God is just saying that with every vision, sometimes the vision has to die first. But what it is, when you die, it'll come back and be resurrected. And with the seed, things have to germinate and be impregnated. And you'll know when it's time to go, when the, when the pregnancy, it gets too big and it consumes you. How do you know when it's time to go? It's when you cannot contain the vision any longer. I hope that helps you. You can give me feedback afterwards. So I'll just bounce off with the other people first. Yeah, I'm not sure who this is for specifically or potentially more than one person. Um, but I just had a picture of there's a... Um, uncertainty and emotional sort of wrestle about 2023 like you're at a um, an intersection and you're not sure which way to go um, and I actually think you might have spoken a little bit into this too when you said it's like option A, option B, it's like well, which one and then there's a whoever this is for it's like that you're not there's a wrestle because you're like all of the all of these directions just don't feel right, um, and and the prophetic word for you tonight. Now it could be around employment. It could be around um, a decision that you need to make. It could be. I'm not sure of the specific, but there's a wrestle, and there's an uncertainty, specifically about 2023. Um, which is not far away. And the Lord, what the Lord wants to say to you is that He's wanting you to put down the wrestle. He wants you to stop wrestling with it and stop being concerned that in November you don't know what's happening yet in January or February 2023. He wants you to put it down because He has a very specific direction for you that He will unveil, but you have to you have to stop trying to work it out. You actually have to let it go. You need to keep doing whatever, whatever it is that He wants you to do right now and stop being concerned about and that wrestle um, because He will unveil it in His time. He cannot because you are wrestling too much mentally. So He wants you to let it go if that's for you, potentially more than one person, about uncertainty for next year. Um, and He will unveil it, but you need, to, you need to let it go and put it down. Um, I, I also got a similar thing, Pastor Jess, but um, I felt like if that's you, I'm... I felt like the Lord really wanted to encourage you to ask Him for clarity and ask Him for wisdom. Um, because sometimes uh, I feel for some of you, um, there is going to be a cost, like a literal cost involved. <laughs> and, um, and I just pray for wisdom and pray for clarity. And I sense that there were some people in our house who were considering doing um, internship next year. So 
pray, ask God for confirmation. He'll give you uh, out of the mouths, like Pastor, Pastor Lee said, out of the mouths of two or three witnesses. Um, I also felt that there was a, a someone asking specifically about a job, a door that's open for a job for you, and you have to give an answer. And I, I also just ask the Lord for clarity and don't panic. So I just actually, we just come against now, we bind any fear, any panic in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, God, for your peace. Thank you. Let your peace be an anchor for your people during this time of decision-making and trans seasons of transition. Um, also, uh, I just sense this, this lovely lady in the black um, here. Hi. <laughs> um, oh, what's your name, huh? Nicole? Um, Nicole, I get the sense that you've got a beautiful, sensitive heart, and I don't know if you like butterflies. <laughs> okay, um, but I saw. You flying with wings of a butterfly, you know how sensitive and fragile butterflies' wings are, but God said your wings are gonna be wings of steel, and you are gonna weather the storm. And he's just blessing you with strength because this is a new season for you. This is a new season. The past is under the blood. It's under the blood. This is a new season for you. God bless you, hon. God bless you. Um, this is a bit of a heavy one. and might be more than just one person. It could be someone watching online as well, but there's a spirit of suicide that's really taking advantage over your thoughts and your, your heart, your mind. Um, like I said, it might be more than one. You might even be a believer. The Bible says that when a house is cleaned, that unclean spirit wanders dry, arid areas looking for a place of rest. And when it can't find it, it'll go back to that house where it come from and it will see it swept clean. And it will return with seven more friends more wicked than what it was and will leave the condition of that person worse than what it was in the first place. We've seen many people delivered of dirty, unclean, demonic spirits here in this house. And praise God, they're living for Him. They're, they're completely set free. They're, they're fully uh, sold out for God. And then sadly, we've also seen people fully delivered, living their life for God, but because they've opened that door to sin again through drugs, substance abuse, we've seen them sadly go backwards and worse than what they were because of their friend's influence, because they stopped coming to church, they stopped reading their Word, they, they didn't want to really press into God. And so it, it is without surprise and very sad to see this result. But God's saying it's not too late. God's saying it is better for you to be completely delivered tonight 
than trying to hold on to your dignity and remain in your seat hidden, trying to hide the spirit of suicide, hopefully that no one will, will notice. Friends, we're going to do an altar call very soon for you to come out yeah. amongst all the other words that's been shared and that Pastor Lee will share soon. So you're not going to be like the, 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 the one standing out. Better for you to be delivered of this demonic spirit than to hold on to your dignity and, and deal with this issue privately on your own. And if you're not careful, it's going to have its way. The Lord wants to heal you tonight as well, VRL. There's a spirit of infirmity on you and the Lord's going to heal you tonight. Yeah. I'm going to ask upon anyone who needs healing in their body, whatever condition. The Bible says when the, the sick were brought to the apostles, all were healed. When the sick came to Jesus, all were healed. There's nothing special about us, friends. It's yeah. just the Holy Spirit in us. The one that raised Christ from the dead lives in us and He wants to heal you tonight. So whatever physical condition, mental condition, whatever it is, come forward soon. I'll say one last thing as well. I feel like to, I had this word a couple of, like months ago, but no one responded. I felt it coming again. It's like someone has been, um, I've had, like been going to uh, psychics and playing with Ouija board, just playing with witchcraft. And, and now it's affecting your, your sleep as well. So if that's you, come forward. You might even get demonic dreams. You, you can't sleep properly because of that past involvement. If that's you, God wants to break it. Just humble yourself and just let it get ripped out. Amen. This is a safe place. Jesus did it. So why don't we? Amen. Thanks for listening to another online message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au.